Welcome back to The Storyliner, the show where we turn story listeners into story makers. We're unfolding an ongoing storyline, one chapter at a time, one creator at a time. I'm Daniel Janoff, and this is an interview installment, where we'll be talking with Betsy O'Fallon, the contributor to our most recent episode. In the intro to her episode, I mentioned that Betsy was a copywriter, which, it turns out, is not a writer who simply copies others. It's a uniquely challenging gig, requiring you to become an instant authority on a variety of sometimes niche topics and speak in a convincing, authentic voice. And that turned out to be a pretty good credential for taking on episode 7 of Our Little Niche. So as we put the finishing touches on the episode, I hopped on a Skype call with Betsy to talk about how copywriting permeates our lives, what it was like picking up the storyliner ball so late in the game, and how we should end this story. So Betsy, you're a copywriter. Can you give us some examples of where we would encounter the work of a copywriter, but probably don't realize it? Things that, you know, in our everyday lives that we just sort of take for granted, but there's actually somebody behind the scenes writing that little bit of copy. Oh my gosh, everywhere you go, anything that you see, if you're on the subway and you look at an ad or you hear a commercial, like a, those really terrible, cheesy radio commercials or local TV commercials, like all of those, there's some writer who got this assignment and and had to write it. It's sort of like, you know, the Keanu Reeves matrix. I mean, it's 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 the fabric. I mean, uh, there's a copywriter writing the ad, but there's also a copywriter writing the script for the safety video on the airplane. And there's a copywriter writing the tagline for this. And there's a copywriter writing the it's, it's, it's like this invisible web that is just everywhere. People writing all these little bits of whatever on, on assignment. Yeah, you don't realize it, but all of these things that just seem like completely natural, like, oh, no, you just, that's just what the instructions say, or that's just how this video goes. Like somebody had to sit there and think about what's the best way to say this? What's the best way to convey the information? It's, it's, ever present, I guess. You're, you're part of the matrix. You're, you're, your voice is everywhere and we just don't quite realize it. I have it on good authority that for a time, you were the social media voice of Barbie, the Barbie. Tell me how that even happens. And then what is the secret to being Barbie? I got an email one day with this amazing opportunity to be Barbie, which is pretty much the fulfillment of my 1970s childhood dreams. So yeah, I got to be Barbie for a while and I would put on my blonde wig. No, I'd never put on a wig. Yeah, I would put on my wig and my heels and carry my very tiny purse over to my computer. And I don't know, I guess just became Barbie's Barbie's voice. It helped to watch a lot of the those Barbie uh, Life in the Dream House videos online with my children. With, with being a copywriter, you're sort of asked in any given week to become the voice of Barbie, the voice of the U.S. Army, the voice of a dog food. How do you just change gears so quickly when you're as a writer? You know, it's, it's a weird question because I, like, I feel like it's something that you have in your head and you understand or you just can't do it. But I mean, for me, I just kind of think about, well, is this, you know, am I going to be serious or am I going to be kind of goofy here? And it just kind of comes out based on what I know about the the client or the product that I'm writing for. So you've, you've either got it or you don't, right? I think so. I think you either understand how to do it or you just, you can't really teach somebody if they don't have like this innate understanding that you're going to sell or you're going to write about a prescription drug in a different voice than you're going to write about, you know, Mattel. 
One of our previous contributors mentioned that when you write for a living, it's hard to just change gears. So, you know, you're, it's 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock whenever you're done with your copywriting. It's hard to change gears and then do sort of quote-unquote creative writing. Is the same true for you? Is it hard to kind of one moment I'm writing this, but then, oh, I want to do some some fun stuff for me? Yeah, it definitely it definitely takes kind of a – you have to take a mental break and – get over the idea of like, oh, I have to sit back down at my computer and write and kind of psych yourself up like, oh, wait, no, this is actually going to be fun. Right, right. You probably got into it because you liked whatever books you liked, writing short stories, whatever it was, and then suddenly that's the last thing you want to do at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was in, you know, when I was younger, I would write short stories and poems and always, I'm I'm going to write a novel. And then I started doing it for a living and never wrote a novel yet 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 yeah shouldn't say never shouldn't say never because that's what they're teaching us to tell our kids you can't do that yet <laughs> it's very thoughtful so your submission you're you were coming in for episode seven with your submission was it hard to dive in and create a submission for the show now that's been going on for you know such a long time versus say you know episode two yeah i mean on the one hand the story was more developed and there were a lot more you know plot points that i could pick up more threads i guess but also i had this weird sense of i don't want to let down the writers that came before me maybe they had this amazing you know culmination of a storyline in their mind and what if i didn't what if I didn't follow that through the way they wanted to? So so I felt the pressure a little bit. In your submission, I found it really interesting that you chose to pick up and run for a bit, uh, just a bit longer with Italian Bob and Luca Domingo Domingo because they were new characters. They could easily easily been one and done in that previous episode. What made you want to keep uh, going with them and keep them in the mix? I don't know. They just, they seemed like they had they had a bigger role to play than just like sitting around at a party and I wanted to to keep them going at least a little bit longer because they were they were kind of intriguing. For me, that's been a lot of the fun of this is people make certain decisions that you know the previous author didn't have in mind, and certainly we here didn't have in mind. But then you start pulling that thread a bit, and that that encourages us to then take what you did and even do even more with them. We can all collaborate without having to sort of be locked in a room with each other for a week. That that was really fun. That give and take with with some of your decisions on those two characters, and in in the final edit of that episode, and also you know with our with our in our last interview, I asked that contributor if we're getting very close to the end now. If he had a sense of how the story might end, do you have any sense of where, where, and how it's going to end? I I think I do. I think I know where where I would take it from here if if I had to. But I'm really intrigued to see what the next person is going to do with it because I thought there was pressure doing the second to last episode, but wrapping the whole thing up is a big deal. Speaking of endings, because you're the professional writer. You've probably written at this point hundreds of endings. I mean, granted, they were, you know, maybe it was the ending of, you know, Barbie's sentence, but you've written hundreds of endings by now. We're going to have to create one for this story very shortly. What advice do you have for creating a satisfying ending? I think you have to go back and listen to the whole thing again and then kind of just let it sit. Like for me, that was that was how I how I got where I did. Like I, I listened to it. And then I had to listen to it again so that I made sure that I caught it. Then kind of let it sit for just half a day or something. And then just come in and say, I'm going to do this now and see where it takes you. Okay, Betsy. If you could be in the writer's room on any show, past or present, what would that show be and why? 
Well, I went through all the shows that I've liked and comedy and stuff, and there's lots of them. But really, I would like to be in the writer's room for Game of Thrones, this gigantic book series that has so many cult followers, including myself, for an HBO show. And the conversations that must go on around, you know, well, do we do we add this storyline? Do we not? How do we do all this? That's got to be completely bizarre and fascinating in there. Well, I imagine, too, it's got to be, a, I mean, it must be the ultimate pressure cooker, right? I mean, with a show like that, the eyes of the entire world are on you. You know, I mean, I mean, set aside the producers and executive producers and shareholders and whatnot, but just everybody who ever made a tweet, made a meme, made a GIF, they're all instantly, I mean, and there are all these sub-industries, people making YouTube videos about the episode. They're, everyone is waiting to see what you come up with. I can't imagine, I mean, of course, we have that same audience for the Storyliner. But I can't imagine that that level of pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have entire entire forums that are just devoted to discussing basically how you've completely screwed up George R.R. R. Martin's story. <laughs> That's got to make for an interesting working environment. Thanks to Betsy for taking some time to talk with us about her career and how it all led up to one moment, making a submission for us. Seriously, though, thanks, Betsy. We hope you liked the ending as much as we loved your submission. If you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes or your Apple Podcast app. This show you've been enjoying, it was free. Free. All we ask in return, leave a review in that digital tip jar and feel good about yourself. Your server will make eye contact with you and smile. And who doesn't like that? I've said it before, it's no less true now. If you haven't already, you should check out our site, thestoryliner.com. If you've already visited, get a friend to check out our site. It only takes a couple of hours to get caught up on the whole season. And then you can listen to our upcoming finale together. Consider it. Enjoying a program with someone you know. Listening to it together at the same time. I've heard that long ago, people used to do that sort of thing. Perhaps it's fun? I don't know. Try it and let us know what it's like. Keep listening, keep typing, and thanks for all those great submissions. Music and sound design for our show were composed by Stefan Bablil. Logo and site were designed by The Apartment. This episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Look like an expert right from the start by making your website the Squarespace. Its award-winning templates are the most beautiful way to present your ideas online. Stand out with a professional website, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website.